0: Dan Espino how are you sir
1: Mr. Basurto how are you man
0: living the dream during this nightmare <laughs> hey, Lily. <laughs> she's on mute as a matter of fact she just texted me she's trying to get Lily it looks like we're on Facebook live it, it's marking as such so I know we're going to move to that she's waiting until we start perfect got it Andy
2: we got it. Lil was helping us. Yeah.
0: Lil
1: did. Yeah. There it. Yeah. It was a
2: glitch. Ah. Hi, Lilium. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Are you. And you? Good. Fancy. fancy
1: yo
2: yo Good.
3: Bringing <laughs> spino trying to make us look bad with a tie—that's just bullshit. No, I, well,
1: well in, in my in my defense, I had a meeting before this, which felt so odd—an in-person meeting.
2: Oh,
0: and <laughs> it felt odd. That's funny.
1: Um,
3: those
2: are good. Those person lines. Yeah.
1: Just
3: so what, you know, what exactly friend, is an
1: in-person meeting, by the way? How does that work? It's it's one where you actually have to wear pants rolling. That's what it is. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm not I'm not cool with that. I, I'm I'm enjoying the liberating.
0: You know. Let's um just have, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. FYI, we are on Facebook Live, um Mr. RSS. Yes, yes. So. All
4: right,
2: so
0: yeah, Bobo, how are you, sir? C- Censor
4: ourselves. No uh, just trying to figure out how this thing's gonna roll today now with all
0: these comments that I've just heard. So John, I I, I I know, please. I I just uh, scared, be afraid. Hi <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Commissioner.
0: Hey, how are you? How are you? Lou? Good,
2: good, good.
0: I'm up, but I, I am, and Commissioner living Kava is watch. on, but not showing up. That's odd. She's
2: on, but I don't see her.
0: Right, but she's chatting that she's there. So let's make sure. Let's start working on this.
2: You're the host, Felipe.
0: I got it. I'm gonna
1: try so to she, move. She was on and then disappeared.
2: I sent yeah. her a text.
0: Hold on. Give it she one second, work. folks. um let me hold on before i go into that one let me do it this way okay well we've got a lot of great people on today mr pere de corcho is there um daniela i hope this is the right daniela i'm moving you into pat into 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 (laughs) panelists Yes. yes. Thank and you. Oh a plus. I mean, a plus. I, 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 I am I'm <laughs> somewhat impressed with myself. Just, just saying that I am now. I mean, the only thing is that what have I learned during this pandemic is that I'm a Zoom master.
2: Yes, he is, and I. That's all, I, why I always turn the um everything to him because I tend to be a little bit clumsy because I'm too fast. And when you're hyper and fast, you tend to make mistakes.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: Hi, Roland.
0: Uh, that's mm-hmm. how I live my life. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to go away from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yes. Um,
2: one
3: more minute. Commissioner, Commissioner Bo and Commissioner um, Kyle Levine, if I, if I could just give you two quick seconds of about sort of the the segment mean, we, we gave you this information, but just so that it's real quick, um, Lily's going to flip a coin and based on that, the uh, one of you will go first, opening remarks. We'll try to keep it to three minutes. Obviously, the the next candidate will go after that. Um, and then uh, we've cut it down uh, into uh, nine questions, three of which I will ask, three of which Dan will ask, and three of which Felipe will ask. Um, we decided that we needed three moderators after seeing the presidential ones so that we needed three people to hopefully keep things you know, organized and reasonable. Um, um, and so, the person who started first on the opening remarks will respond to the initial question. We think that's a, a fair approach so that they can hear obviously what the first candidate said. Um, and after uh, the first speaker, the response, we do give a one-minute rebuttal um, to the to the, the question. And then you know we, we've allocated a little bit of time between then, between segments, uh, whether the moderator uh, wants to ask some questions. Wants to maybe um, focus more on on the response, and or uh, the speaking just goes as well and and uh, and informative, and we want to continue on this particular topic. Okay, um, any questions regarding that? Okay, Lily, I think it's we're, you know, we're good to go. Yeah, you want to get going, Lily? Oh, it's certainly not
2: Hispanic time. Wow. One o'clock on the dot. Well, welcome. Hi, how's everybody doing? I'm Lily Lopez, the CEO of the South Florida Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Welcome everybody to this mayoral forum and super happy to have both um Commissioner Esteban and Commissioner Daniela levin Thank you so much for for your time. We know you're very very busy. Thank you again. I want to also thank our presenting sponsor AT&T. AT&T always here supporting us. They're our founding uh, member of the South Florida Hispanic Chamber. So thank you so much, ATT. We would like to thank our gold sponsors Comcast, NBC Universal, Telemundo, Florida Power and Light, Doxy Digital, Ponemos Group. And I'm going to introduce our moderators, which we already know it's Roland Sanchez Medina, Chairman of the Board, mm-hmm. Delibio Asunto, Media Past Chair, and uh, TD Bank Market President, South Florida Retail Banking, that's a long name, Daniel Member of the Board of Directors. He's a um, partner at been that's longer, Autoriza Colin Bonisk. And uh, he's chair of our government affairs committee. And now I'm gonna flip that coin and I'm scared because you, you all know that I'm, I'm not good at that, but I'm doing, it. I did it, it's a penny. Okay, it's tails. Tails. Okay, so who's Lily, gonna- They have to
0: call the- I'm not the
2: one to say, they why? To... I'm supposed Do to flip you... the coin. Yeah, yeah, but let,
0: they have to we'll call let, heads or tails. That's why. We'll, we'll, we'll oh, let, okay. Lady... I'm
2: sorry. I don't laugh for me. He's laughing. At me. Well,
0: we'll <laughs> let we'll, go
2: ahead and we flip a
3: coin. <laughs> I think I think Commissioner Bravo will be okay letting the lady make the call. Okay, heads.
2: <laughs> okay, there we go again. Uh, tails again.
3: Okay, so um, so Commissioner <laughs> Bravo will go first. Um, let me just say a couple of words before we start, though. Um, among among everything going on here, I think that it's appropriate to thank you both very much for your years of public service. Um, I think um, Miami Dade County is very lucky to have such dedicated public servants. You've dedicated a lot of your lives uh, to this to public service. Music and um, and regardless of what um, of the race, like I said, I think that the, the residents of Miami Dade County are very fortunate. Um, the first so question, for, and, and I apologize.
4: Uh, as it is yeah. Just for clarification, um, so it's tails. I mean, I go last. Uh, <laughs> or 1st I'm a little confused right now. So I just well, actually, want...
3: you know, we'll, we'll we'll do it like we'll do it like a uh, like in football. Do you want to go first or you want to go second? We'll let you decide. So you uh, want the toss?
4: I, I want the toss. I can defer to the second half. or you can defer not to have... the second half. All right, I, I'll let Daniela go first.
5: All right, you tell me when. Go ahead, Daniela, please. Very good, okay. Well, thank you so very much uh, to this wonderful group, to Lily, Felipe, Dan, and Roland. I'm Daniela Levine Cava, and I am proudly running to be your county mayor with a clear vision and detailed plans how we are going to win the future. So with 30, uh, excuse me, 40 years of experience working in this community, I have seen the incredible spirit of our people. I know we are resilient, we are kind, we are resolute, but this year has tested us like never before as the global pandemic has ravaged our neighborhoods and exposed the growing issues that our families and businesses face. I'm very proud to have bipartisan support because my campaign is about common sense solutions, bringing uh, no division, no partisanship, that's my goal. And I'm looking forward to bringing a new vision To County Hall, that one that is matched with plans to tackle our most pressing issues and come out stronger and more inclusive than ever here in Miami-Dade County. I believe that the government has the responsibility to create a business environment that is conducive to economic development and in the end I believe that the relationship between government and business is a partnership among equals. I have a recover plan, that's an acronym, and it spells out something for each of those letters. And we will increase access to capital for small businesses and startups by making our revolving loan fund uh, permanent. We'll reform county procurement processes to make it easier to do business with the county, especially for uh, women-owned, um, minority, and veteran-owned businesses. Uh, we will make Miami-Dade County economic data more readily available so that All the businesses can take advantage and to inform your business decisions and we will scale the business accelerator that I created in my district countywide uh, so that we can help our businesses to thrive and grow. Miami-Dade County has a lengthy backlog of capital projects. We cannot afford to put these off. We need our partners in the private sector to be part of those solutions and I'm committed to ensuring that local businesses, truly local businesses, are the ones given the most opportunities to benefit from our procurement contracts. So earlier this summer, I also offered my secure plan, another acronym, how we can bring the community together to get us through the pandemic. And uh, top among the points is to create a position for a chief medical officer, somebody who can guide us uh, through the next phase of the crisis, we're not there yet, uh, and make sure that we lead with science and data. So despite the challenges we face, I'm incredibly optimistic about the future of this place. And my optimism comes from the dynamism, the commitment, the enthusiasm of the people uh, like yourselves who are are already so actively engaged, uh, not only with our business sector, but with civic life in general. So uh, with your support, I look forward to moving our county forward with vision, integrity, and results. Thank you.
3: Well, thank you very much, Commissioner, And and right on time. Commissioner
4: Bobo. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Roland, uh, Danny, Felipe, and Lily, and obviously the South Florida Hispanic Chamber. And I applaud your work in our community during this very difficult time. And that I know that you've been working with a lot of the smaller businesses. When I announced my campaign um, almost a year ago now, October 4th of last year, I did it in a small business. Uh, I did it there because I felt that the uh, county government had lost its way, quite honestly. County government had moved into spaces that was leaving the taxpayer, the homeowner, that business owner behind. I could not have predicted that COVID-19 would come and the ravaging that it has done to our economy. I also remind folks that many of the decisions that were made by government have led to this economic catastrophe that we have in this moment. It was government decisions that literally closed businesses down. It was government decisions that then closed businesses a second time around. That was very catastrophic for that small business owner and operator. And I know that relationship very well because I was raised in a small business. I saw my parents uh, struggle to make ends meet. I saw my parents having to pay contractors first before they could take a paycheck. And I think that's an experience that many small businesses uh, are very well acquainted with, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, in every election this happens, uh, narratives become uh, perhaps more important than what we originally intended. I would have preferred to spend an entire campaign talking about transportation and housing and environmental issues. Um, Instead, we have spent a lot of time talking about issues. Uh, like COVID-19 recovery. And what does that look like? I've said, said fastly that uh, on upon a, uh, being elected mayor, not only do we work with all the cities in our community, we work with the chambers, but we also include small businesses to create a narrative, a plan that allows those small businesses to open in a way where they dictate terms on how they keep their customers and how they keep their employees safe. We do it in a way that we then hold them accountable, not the other way around, where government basically just draws up a plan and says, you need to enforce it. We're gonna to need to collaborate uh, in order to get our tourism industry back. That's another sector of our economy that's been savaged by this uh, economic uh, downturn, uh, government-induced downturn, where we're gonna to have to work together with the tourist industry to bring it back, bring it back better than ever before in a strong suit. And we've learned a lesson with COVID-19. We need to diversify our economy. We cannot continue to just be uh, dependent on the tourism sector for jobs and opportunities. We're gonna to need to morph and allow others to come in here. As mayor, I will work. I will work to go out of our realm to pick and choose and see if we could find businesses that could come and invest in Miami-Dade County so we could diversify. Now it does take a lot of investment. It takes an investment in infrastructure and others. And I'm sure that we'll discuss it further during the forum but we need to be able to be ready to draw in the next Amazon or Google company that's out there so they could land in Miami-Dade County.
3: Thank you, Commissioner Bobo. Um, with that, let me let me start with the segments, um, and the first question will be directed towards you, and obviously, it'll be the same uh, question for you, Commissioner. Um, uh, we'll, can you explain to our constituents or members exactly what is the biggest difference between each of you, is
0: Commissioner
4: Bobo? Is that me? Yes, please. Okay. Yes. Um, look, I, I think you know this election. Sets up a situation that we have two, uh, I guess, uh, opposing views on what government's role should be um, in our community. You know, I I feel very strongly that we've engaged local government uh, as taxpayers, as business owners, to fulfill certain missions that enhance our quality of life. You know, when you talk about investments that we make as taxpayers, police, fire, you know, garbage pickup, water and sewer. Park programming, making sure our parks are are kept pristine. These are issues that we invest for quality of life issues. Uh, I feel very strongly that my opponent, although well-meaning, moves our county more into a social realm, into a social service government, which uh, may be better suited for the state or the federal government. I think this is something that could be very dangerous. It's the same path that we've seen other major cities go down, and we see now the catastrophic results of those policies that go unchecked for a long period of time. It's those policies that lead to refunding, or I'm sorry, defunding our police department, creating a different narrative, a re-envision, a regurgitation of what our police department should look like that I think in the long-term s- stops serving the taxpayer. That's why people are leaving New York. That's why people are leaving Chicago. That's why people are leaving LA. I don't wanna be any of those places. I wanna be Miami-Dade County. Mr.
5: Uh, Yes, thank you. So, you know, I am a lawyer and a social worker. I've led organizations uh, larger and smaller. I ran the foster care system, the guardian ad litem program. Uh, I was at legal services representing uh, people on immigration cases, children in the school system. uh, And I started a nonprofit, um, which, uh, you know, has a county wide reach. So I've spent my career working in communities, trying to lift up all communities and make sure they all had better quality of life. Uh, better opportunities uh, to thrive and so on. So I bring with me a lifetime of experience addressing the the needs that everyday people have and I'm proud to take that to County Hall. As well, I've been squarely involved with economic development as our um, liaison to the Beacon Council, to the Greater Miami Chamber, serving as a trustee level member for 30 years. Uh, In South Dade, we have a whole economic development strategy that we developed Um, with a federal grant from the Economic Development Administration. I chair the South Florida Regional Planning Council. So my work has squarely been not only on a better vision for the future for the county and for all of us, but also on collaboration and planning uh, and innovation. So, uh, you know, my, that's what we need right now. We are entering a new economy, a new phase of our economy. We cannot rely on the old methods. And I will bring with me all of those relationships, all of the work that I've done to cultivate um, you know, those who can bring us fresh ideas. You know, Look, they're coming from New York because they wanna be here. We have a major company we just uh, invested in. Uh, relocating here uh, was just approved at yesterday's board meeting. We, we welcome uh, new jobs, new economy. So um, as far as taking care of people's needs, this is what we need right now. We are in a situation where people are in a tailspin. Uh, We have maybe 3,000 evictions in the pipeline. We have so many mortgages that people might not be able to pay. We don't even know how many are in the pipeline, the businesses that have shuttered or or scaled back. uh, We need to be hands-on. This is the time to to rebuild out of the recession stronger with infrastructure dollars, putting people to work in those jobs, uh, re-employing people, um, and that's what I'll do as mayor. That's what I bring.
3: Thank you, Commissioner. we can come. Commissioner Bowie, do you wanna to respond to her?
4: Well, uh, again, I think those social programs are fantastic. And if you want a social worker for mayor, I think she's a great choice for that. But the reality is, you know, some of her policies put a, a strangle on small businesses. You know, when you ask uh, restaurants to open at 50% and her immediate counter is to do it at 25%, it fails to understand that, that even at that 25% opening, that restaurant still has to pay 100% the rent a hundred percent of the utilities you know it fails to understand what the small business person goes through on a day-to-day basis and i think you know economic recovery begins with engaging those small businesses those businesses that sometimes are not members of chambers in order for them to be able to operate and open i represent many many of those kind of businesses in my community i've seen what government can do when left unchecked and the people are leaving new york you know they're leaving because the policies in New York has just wrecked havoc in those places just like in San Francisco just like in LA. Uh,
5: may I respond?
4: Um, certainly.
5: Okay
3: yeah. I just want to I mean, say the, the, the segments you know we, we do allocate yeah. 10 minutes and so um,
5: well I just had a brief comment which is to say that uh, you know I listen to the science I listen to the physicians and uh, we opened up too soon initially. You all know the cases spiked. We had to close back down again. So I consulted with physicians. Now things are going better, knock on you know what, because school's opening and everything else. So if we can continue with the precautions and keep the positivity down, then we're we're on the course uh that we need to take to to open further.
3: Thank you very much. And so um Commissioner let me this this question will be for you first. And it's it's a little long because it's a it's a from one of our members, but, but please just bear with me. The implementation of 5G communications will usher in a new era, not just a faster, more reliable personal communication technology, but a revolutionized technology frameworks that, would, that will see improvements in critical mining industries like aviation and logistics. The deployment of 5G has the possibility of improving government services and the related experiences of residents by using new connected technology to facilitate automation becoming a smart county may even serve to further make Miami-Dade a technology hub. What will your administration be, do to accelerate the deployment of 5G in Miami-Dade County? That's that's the actual question. Thank you. I okay. wanted to there give a little bit of you. background.
5: <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. Yes, as you say, so much is dependent upon this interconnectivity, and this is truly infrastructure now. Uh, it fuels our synchronized traffic lights. It'll fuel our uh, automated vehicles. Uh, it will... Um, you know it needs to be universal we have so many communities and now that so many children have been at home uh, and people dependent upon the internet uh, to access job opportunities or to work remotely we know that we have really not created a universal access which is part of growing our economy as well uh, so as we're introducing this new technology which is going to lead us into the future uh, we need to make sure that we do it in a way that will be inclusive and also that we do it in a way will that will not repeatedly tear up our streets or uh, paint over uh, beautiful uh, sidewalks and things. So, you know, it's been really tricky to do that. And we've been trying to get the cooperation of the legislature to make sure that as companies come in with this, this uh, technology that we are uh, able to coordinate and control that uh, so that we're not tearing up our infrastructure. So, uh, you know, we, we need to move forward, but we need to move forward sensibly and with full access.
4: Thank you, Commissioner Living Cowan. Commissioner Bowman? No doubt. Um, the evolution of 5G is extremely important uh, for Miami Dade County and its future. And uh, I concur uh, with a lot of what my colleague says. We need to also be mindful that um, a lot of the permitting that goes along with 5G revolves around a lot of municipalities, 34 municipalities that all have some sort of say in how that happens, you know, whether the 5Gs are being erected on a pole that needs uh, zoning hearings or whether uh, it's being disruptive by tearing up roads to lay fiber cables and, and what have you, it does require a collaboration with the cities. And I think, um, I know that over the last, uh, you know, couple of years, there's been a lot of this conversation, there some attempts at the state legislature, even at the county level to try to usurp the authority of the cities in order to be able to negotiate. Uh, you know, the, the, the rights of way, if I could use it in that way, um, you know, it was fundamental for us to be able to make sure we landed a Super Bowl here, to make sure that we have all the components of the uh, 5G technology. So I would, I would, as mayor, obviously be an encourager, but understand full well, it does take a negotiations with all these different municipalities in order to get the county fully engaged in 5G technology. May I add,
5: I'm sorry, one yes. last point? So uh, one of the things that's happened is that some of the companies have actually paid for the uh, the people that are necessary to move these permits forward more quickly, and that is something that obviously we can do, public-private partnerships, to make sure that we can move this work forward efficiently.
3: Thank you very much. Um, so this is my, my last question for, the, for this segment. Um, for whatever reason, this nonpartisan race has become very partisan. And I think that, um, you know, whether whatever you see on the national level, I think it defines our country right now. And I, I don't think anyone wants to see that. And certainly, both of you are gonna may be mayors for the entire county, not just for a, a segment of the county. Um, do you believe that you should make efforts to, you know, whether it becomes the D or the R, to reach efforts to go to the other side and make sure that. understand that uh that you will always have an open office um that you will always listen um because i think we can all agree that no one wants the situation necessarily that's going on in in uh in washington dc that's me first now
4: yes i think it's right Ronaldo, i would tell you that uh the taxes that our residents pay are not measured in red or blue they're not conservative or liberal or uh or uh, independent dollars this is taxpayer money services that we render as a county are not measured in areas do you invest in a liberal area or a conservative area you know we have to serve all in our community For the most of my life in my public service capacity i've been in nonpartisan partisan um, capacity i've never in one instant asked a person that walked in through my door that needed some sort of government service whether a they were even a voter or whether a republican or democrat that's not even part of the conversation. You sign up to serve our community. You know, it's unfortunate the atmosphere that we're living in. It's unfortunate the fact that, you know, and it has to be stated, the Democratic Party of Miami-Dade County has made it a point to turn our local races, our local races into partisan affairs. You know, they are pounding me away on a daily basis with every innuendo that they could possibly do. My opponent won't stop that. He won't put the brakes on it. I mean, they've almost called me a pedophile. I mean, that's to the point that it's gotten. And it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate because what it does is turn voters off completely. You know, the fact that they're trying to turn these things into partisan affairs is going to hurt us long-term. And if we don't put a brake on it, if we don't stop it right in its tracks, this is going to continue, not just at the county level. It'll happen next year in the city of Miami. It'll happen in every single local race in our community. They'll turn these things into partisan affairs, which will not serve our public and our community for the better of the good.
3: Commissioner levine please, response?
5: Sure. Well, I'm a, a new politician. I have only served for six years, and I chose to run nonpartisan uh, because I think that's what the American people want. They don't want partisanship, and certainly when it comes to local issues, whether we build the roads or whether the buses arrive on time these are not partisan issues. Unfortunately we're in a partisan hyperpartisan partisan time because of the presidential election and okay. um, you know let me say that it's my opponent who has labeled me consistent with the national uh labeling of being so-called uh you know radical which is of course so far from the truth. I've enjoyed support across the aisle. I have many prominent uh, Republicans supporting me. I have Uh, Trump supporters and Biden supporters supporting me. I'm extremely proud of the fact that people know that I'm honest, that I bring a common sense approach, that I'm uh, fair and balanced and study the issues, and that's why people support me. Uh, So I'm going to continue that way as mayor. I've spent a whole lifetime building coalitions, uh, building collaboration, Uh, across the cities, which are also nonpartisan. So, you know, once November 3rd uh, passes that threshold, we'll be back to business doing as we've always done, serving the people, which of course, we're still right here doing it every day. We just had a board meeting today. It was not a partisan discussion. So uh, I'm here to serve. I'm very proud of the support and um, I'll continue to to, uh, work across the aisle just like are asking us to do.
4: Yet as as I said it earlier, This is, uh, can you take the background off of me real quick? As I said it earlier, yeah, just, I wanna make sure, and I'll take my little minute here to be able to show this because I think it's important.
5: Well, as he's doing that, potholes are not partisan, uh, caring for our residents is not partisan, transit is not partisan.
4: No, no, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. Look, the reality is, and I've already stated that, our service is nonpartisan, but the reality is, that um, the Democratic Party is spending millions of dollars in this race, and it's never been done before, ever been done before. And if you really want it nonpartisan, then you should put a stop to it. You should request them to stop doing it because what they're doing is hurting our community. If we turn our Miami-Dade County, our government into a partisan affair, Unfortunately, we'll fall into the same traps that they do in Washington where nothing gets done. You know, you do it at the election. Sooner or later, you'll do it in the governance also. And that's a mistake. and We shouldn't be allowing it.
5: And and my opponent is fundraised with Governor DeSantis. And that clearly was a partisan effort as well.
4: Fundraising is one thing, Daniela, about what you're doing. And the stuff that your campaign is doing is as as accusing me is really, really, really shallow and very low. And if I was you, you know, I'd ask them to stop doing that. You should ask them to stop doing it because it's not right. It's offensive to be perfectly you honest. You take
5: down radical, uh, Daniela? Radical compared to about a pedophile?
4: It. You're comparing, uh, I, I'm
5: I I'm sorry, a I did not accuse you of being a pedophile. So,
4: okay.
5: Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay. You know, I'll be okay. It okay. <laughs> right, let me be clear, not, not a pedophile
3: listen and uh, notwithstanding the the those issues, I mean I, we're we're very fortunate, to have such articulate intelligent um, people on our commission, like I said, and we're gonna either way, we're gonna be very lucky. we're gonna be very lucky. With that, um, I'm gonna hand off the to my other co-moderator, uh, Felipe Bosolto, to ask his uh, his questions. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Roland. And uh, thank you both. Uh, Great to see you both. And uh, thank you for participating. And uh, so, like we said, we'll continue with the same themes. Um, I have a couple for you as well. And uh, who ended the last one? Because after that, that dialogue back and forth, I'm not even sure whose turn it is anymore. And um, and by the way, if I interject, I will interject, and I have mute control, which I would hate to enforce, but I'm not running. You guys have been amazing. I've seen you multiple times debating, and you guys have been amazing. Uh, but we want to keep it that way. Um, but uh, Roland, uh, who is who's next first? I, know, has, uh, I think I, I had gone. Uh, okay, I, I mean, look, I think both of you. This is gonna this is gonna be great that um, we're going to go ahead and actually uh, work through this. So we have a, a couple of questions that might be coming in through as well, which I will be picking up through the chat box or the Q&A section. So um, the first one, though, is going to be about economic uh, recovery and uh, economic development. So that, that's the general theme overall. Um, we recently hosted a uh, our, our Hispanic Heritage Summit, which is always about our economic development in Miami. We heard from the port. We heard from the airport obviously two of our biggest economic drivers in in miami-dade county and we also heard from the beacon council talking about multiple industries so i i just want you to take us through what your plan is for economic recovery daniela uh, Lavincava, i'm going to i know you had a plan but i'm actually going to go to commissioner esteban bobo first uh because that's i think where we left off no uh, so go ahead uh commissioner bobo
4: Okay, I had stated earlier. Um, I think the what economically look is number one. You engage the businesses that you have right now. You encourage and work with them directly, so they can keep their customers and their employees safe. We do open at 100%. So be it. I think that. But we need to be able to engage in a way. that
3: Commissioner Bobo, if I interrupt you, I think I think there's some. there's some noise in the background. But... Muffling,
0: yeah, your, thank your you. microphone. Yeah,
5: you, you can to start all over until over
0: the we'll start all over. Yes. <laughs> um, lower yeah.
1: yours a little bit, you're coming up hot on the, on the, yeah, lower yours a little bit. Ready? Go ahead, commissioner.
4: Okay, all right, again, thank you guys. So as I stated earlier, I think the one of the first things that we do for economic recovery is that we start working with our local businesses to get them up and open at 100% as quickly as possible. We do it in a way where they could give us the remedies and the prescriptions on how do they keep their employees and how do they keep their customers safe. And I'm willing to go as far as work with them to create rating systems, even if something we have to put on the door of restaurants to let the the customer know that the establishment is complying with all rules and regulations to keep them safe. Because at the end of the day, the business owners wants customers to come in and they won't come in if they don't feel safe. And I think that is something that's fundamentally and critically important. I would do away with the curfew. I don't think the virus takes the night off to be perfectly honest with you. And if you put in the ramifications and the parameters early on uh, with the business collaboration, you could go ahead and have extended hours. There are a lot of businesses in our community that rely on those extended hours to be able to operate countless jobs that are being lost and, uh, and are not being answered for we need to work with our port and we need to work with our airport both we need to make sure cargo is coming in and we need to make sure it's done in the safest way possible we need to open our business our tourism business needs to open up for business we need to be able to project that miami-dade county' is back and operating in order to draw people to our community you know we're seeing right now many in that industry are out of work employees seven months without working I represent many of those employees in Hialeah and I can tell you that we need to get that industry back and flowing. And then I also think that we should look at a lot of the processes that we have as county government that is what I call red tape, bureaucratic tape for businesses to open. If they're not life safety, I'd like to be able to accelerate businesses to open so they could open their doors and then later we could come back and look at some of the permitting process. But I think a way of stimulating our economy and being able to do it locally because i'm not sure we could continue to rely on the federal government uh, how long we could do that i'm not really sure and reminding ourselves that we have to pay that money back so i think it's important that we create the parameters here locally so our business could open engage in commerce that draws folks into our community and again diversify we need to be able to diversify we cannot just rely on tourism and service and hospitality. We need to be able to diversify, to lure in that Amazon of tomorrow, that Google of tomorrow to
0: call Miami-Dade home. All right, thank you so much, Commissioner Buomo and Commissioner Levin-Caba.
5: Yes, thank you. I do have a detailed plan. It's called RECOVER. It's an acronym and it can be found on my website, daniela.vote slash RECOVER. But just to go through some of the important highlights, um, we have to reopen responsibly. We cannot ignore the public health aspect. Again, positivity rate is down. People are taking more precautions. Businesses have done their share of what they need to do to uh, disinfect and and rebuild and and adapt. But at the end of the day, we must monitor because the virus is still with us. We do not yet have a cure. And if we reopen uh, and we have a spike, obviously we're going to have to respond accordingly. And now especially we're watching to see what happens with the schools opening and, and hopefully, Everything will be fine and we'll maintain uh, the the positive direction. But we must, must monitor. We must stay on top of the data uh, and and, uh, the the medical information to provide the safety net that our businesses need and also to signal we want hospitality back. We want our tourists back. Our hotels are ready, open for businesses. Our beaches are great. But if we cannot assure the public, the traveling public, that we have a good public health system in place, obviously they will not have the confidence. Um, Then we're going to invest in our small business. We are 80% uh, businesses of 10 and below. Uh, That's the backbone of our economy, but we have not had a robust infrastructure to support them. I created an accelerator. In my district, I'll be expanding that countywide. This is how you take uh, assist a business with the back office functions, with the application processes, with the marketing support, the shared space, shared services. It has proven successful uh, in in my district, and I will take that countywide. And then we also have to look at a big business like infrastructure. You know, there will be more federal dollars for infrastructure. There is money that we're using now to rebuild our water and sewer system, the transit corridors, uh, the housing that we so desperately need. All of these infrastructure projects create good jobs, and we have to find a way to move those jobs forward expeditiously, because that is what will rebuild our economy quickly. Those who have lost jobs in in their past roles in this new economy, you know, I visited yesterday the plumbing Uh, union. They they have spaces available to train people for those good jobs. They're paid during apprenticeship, the elevators, the escalators. Local jobs cannot be exported. We need to double down and get people into those jobs uh, while we're building up the infrastructure that we need to sustain our economy. And then to diversify, yes, more manufacturing is clearly something that we've lost and need to rebuild. FIU Metropolitan Center has just come out with a study. I was part of a call with them i think it was yesterday again talking about what we could do to bring back manufacturing even as we work with our financial services sector our agriculture and obviously uh number one cheerleader for hospitality and that still being our number one industry everything we can do to to restore trust
0: perfect i'm actually going to circle back on a topic that um It's actually relevant to it. It has to do with a form of economic development and 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 county funding, Um, but I'm also going to address the media and how uh, how titles or headlines read a certain way. And there's a recent um, uh, Article in the Miami Herald. I'll just read the headline and I want you to elaborate what that headline means uh, because is it misleading or was there a purpose behind this. The headline from the Miami Herald is Dade selling $10 million in county land for housing for $10. So if I were to read that, which typically we are, I think we can all agree that the media has a tendency of, of not positioning things as thoroughly as they should, maybe just to get the attention. What does that mean? Did we sell land for $10, $10 million worth of land for $10? Levine, uh, I'm gonna come back to you, Commissioner Levine and then I'll come to you, Commissioner Bolton.
5: Right, well, the highest uh, cost in building housing affordably is the cost of land. And so it has been the policy of the commission to provide that land, basically for free, if it can be developed into affordable or workforce housing. So that is an existing policy and one that I think is very good uh, to make sure that we can build housing that people can afford. Uh, That to be said, it has been the the practice of the county commission that the commissioner of the district in which the land is located gets to pick the developer. I must tell you that when I learned that, shortly after I came to the county commission, I was uh, taken aback because I thought there should be a more transparent and competitive process. So for the properties in my district, I established a competitive process. I believe I'm the only commissioner to have done that. Uh, I did not have as many properties as others might have had, but for the few parcels that I had, I had a competitive process, and I stand by that. And as mayor, I'll be looking to have more competition and transparency. That to be said, we do need to move quickly. We do not want these properties to be held up. Because we need it, we need about ten thousand new units a year, a total of about hundred thousand units it's been estimated. Uh, we we need to uh, find ways to cut the barriers, cut the red tape. Uh, so you know, I think in this case, it moved a little quicker than it usually does, and that always causes consternation. Uh, but mm-hmm. the overall purpose is is one that is supported by the board for for good public policy reasons. Thank you, Commissioner
0: Boville. Yeah,
4: obviously the uh, the headline doesn't uh, really dive into what the purpose was. And I've been very clear in every forum that I've participated in, that we're going to need to put county-owned land in play in order to be able to get the affordable units that we want. It's not going to happen any other way. Uh, you know, this is a, an issue of supply and demand. And if you could limit some of the costs that a developer takes on in order to develop a piece of property and get other Concessions, in other words, I'm giving you this land. I'm cutting red tape. I'm cutting bureaucracy, and at the same time, I'm getting. Uh, I'm going to give you density, but I'm going to get units that then I could market in our community for either workforce or low income. That benefits us. That's our public good. That's what our public policy should be to be able to make because we don't build homes. Miami-Dade County is not a construction company, you know, but we need to collaborate with those, and we understand full well that the, the cost of land and getting that land ready for construction is extremely expensive and the people that are going to eat the cost at the end of the day is that end user. So I don't, I don't have an issue with it. Um, there is a question on the, uh, the speed of it and, and I think that's, that's a fair question. And perhaps, you know, there'll be more conversations as we move forward. But uh, understanding that this is one of the ways that we're gonna have to be able to address this issue. I have no land in my district that we could do those these kind of things with. Uh, the lands that we've used in, in my district have all been competitively bid. And I will tell you, has taken forever to get shovels into the ground.
0: Yes, um, well, the, gotta love the bureaucracy of government just saying as much as we can try. And thank you for both uh, responding. There's no rebuttal on this one, but I will leave you with a thought and the great actions that our government does and you don't want to lose the faith of your constituents by sharing the importance of affordable housing and low-income housing um, and but not monitoring and then having the developer who got this gift not deliver on it so let's please make sure that we continue with that those are my tax dollars at work Um, so with that I, i do want to move on to one more subject and it has to do with law enforcement overall so um we've heard repeatedly about defunding the police that's another headline that people say oh my god defunding the police so are we going to eliminate the police or are we going to educate i'm just curious as to what that means uh to each one of you um so i am going to go ahead and start with you commissioner Bobo, and then i'm going to go ahead and move to commissioner thank you
4: felipe this is a real narrative uh we've seen uh minnesota Seattle, uh, Portland, LA, New York, all take initiatives to defund their police in some cases as millions upon millions of dollars that have been taken out of police budgets in the name of I'm not sure what uh, These are all liberal run cities with liberal narratives that are taking these major metropolises in directions that I quite honestly don't know where this ends. And you know, I could tell you steadfastly, the only mayor that has committed not to defund our police, the only candidate for mayor, I should say, I'm sorry, the only person who has steadfastly said over and over again that this narrative of defunding police is dangerous. But I also want you to be very clear on this. You know, in Miami-Dade County, at our last budget meeting, out of 266 callers, 255 of them called asking for the defunding of our police. They went further than that. They wanted to collapse our prisons, create sobriety centers in our community. This is dangerous talk, dangerous talk, because it feeds a narrative that goes totally away from the taxpayer. I go back to why I decided to run for mayor, to make sure that the taxpayer and the money that they fund, okay, are being done in what they expect, the quality of life issues. You know, my opponent has voted to defund the police. She could walk away from it now, but the reality is that she has done it. And that's why the South Florida PBA, and the FOP and the Hispanic Police Office Associations are supporting my candidacy because we need to have safety and security. Defunding the police is crazy talk that has no space in
0: Miami-Dade County. Commissioner levine Cowan
5: Well, unfortunately it's a lie and it's been repeated at every single forum we've been at because I have voted every single budget year for increase in police. I've lobbied for more police. I've brought more police to South Dade. I. Uh, made sure that we had more police in our specialized units, our uh, financial um, uh, economic crimes unit, uh, our sex crimes unit, these are all underfunded portions of our police. And we brought 80 more officers to South Dade. We're bringing a new police district station that I sponsored to South Dade. So this is really nonsense. And unfortunately, the facts do not lie because in 2014, my opponent actually voted, made the motion to cut police officers Uh, in the budget 100 positions, and uh, also to require that the law enforcement would have to pay more of their salary for their health benefits, effectively cutting their salaries. So to be very clear, I have been clear every time that I would not defund police, I did not vote to defund police, where we differ is on the independent civilian panel. I am a supporter. I think this will bring trust and uh, conversation to neighborhoods where there is less trust of law enforcement I think it will improve the way police is able to do their jobs and uh, it was never my intention to take that money out of the police budget it was not approved it was not voted to take it out of the police budget Uh, uh, that was not ever on the table and so I will not defund police I have not public safety is number one in addition do we need services of course we do have we turned back the clock on after school programs on programs that keep kids away from a life of crime yes these are all things that the public is asking for they're finally saying uh, as a social worker very gratifying the number of people that came and said we need more social workers because of course we need to prevent crime not just intervene once there is crime okay can i interrupt, no, thank can you.
0: Can I interrupt for one second um now you had your time rolling but if you want to encroach on mine you're more than welcome <laughs> to I want, I want to give you additional time uh, i'm just curious though but I, I think can you both agree
3: that i don't think defunding the police is an option in miami-dade county but can we agree that it's a local issue though and so whatever happens in portland or wherever the city it you know it's uh, you would assume that the, the constituents there think that for whatever reason it's it's and viable I mean, Commissioner yeah, well,
4: Kay, I have, uh, i've gone to I don't know how many countless homeowner association, how many uh, different coffees, how many residents that I have visited and people are concerned. They're very very concerned because they see the narrative. Okay, they see it in our budget process. They see people calling and asking. They see demonstrations that have banners say defund the police, they go further, abolish the police. If you don't think it's a conversation that is happening in Miami-Dade County, then you're you're missing something and I would be more than happy to send you droves of that show it. It is happening in Miami-Dade County. And I have steadfastly, we're not going to defund the police. I haven't ever done it. All I've done is support the police, including saving their jobs in difficult moments.
2: So uh,
5: Yes, thank you. I have not brought in these other cities. I'm not looking to emulate what's happening in any of these other cities. I believe that we have an outstanding Miami County Police Department. I visited the training center. Uh, I was so very impressed that we actually have a nationally recognizable um, model that we should be exporting uh, because they are working so hard to address these, these issues that have come up in our community uh, head on. I I can't wait for others to learn what I learned at that training center last Friday. And um, you know, I, I maintain Miami is Miami. We're doing a unique job here. We have a very diverse police force, and they're doing a great job. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, Roland, I'm going to take
0: it back this time. At this time, I'm sorry, sir. I, no, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm deferring yeah. my time to you. The rest thank of my you. Time. thank you. All right. Um, hey, so, with, uh, Actually, I'm going to come back. Um, you know, a we're because we're getting questions along the way. And this one was posed directly to you, Commissioner kava relating to BLM to Black Lives Matter, that you were seen supporting them and supporting their initiatives. And one of their initiatives is to defund the police. Can you clarify where you stand on do you support Black Lives Matter? Is that that's a yes or no? And then um and then it would be to address the the, the concern around defunding the police, because that's one of yeah. their matters.
5: well, what I support is people's right we have background noise my what i support is people's right to peacefully assemble and speak up about matters of concern which is the rights that we enjoy in this great country and when i marched i marched alongside faith leaders i marched along other elected officials other community leaders from all neighborhoods all races all walks of life we walked alongside police officers they were with us every single time that I was out in public on this issue. Why was I out? I was out because George Floyd was murdered in broad daylight. Yeah, not in Miami. But the point is, is that this is injustice that once it exists somewhere, it, we need to make sure that we it doesn't exist here. So walking in solidarity to make sure that we address these systemic issues in our society, not just with the police, with our whole society. Look, we have made great progress. Uh, We have been inclusive, but we have a long ways to go. So what I believe in and what I was marching for was to make sure that we have justice across all our communities. And I will stand by that along with, by the way, Mitt Romney and uh, uh, Barack Obama. So just to show that at a national level, this was something that was very mainstream, not fringe at all, not radical. And are there a few bad apples? everywhere. Yes, there are people that cause agitation, and we are going to work hard to make sure that they don't come and mess up our community where we enjoy these freedoms. Okay, thank you very
0: much. And there's there's uh, some questions coming through. I'm going to address both of you specifically. They're going into the Q&A section, and some of them are not going to be addressed with us. If you cannot address them here, Lily, I think we can pick up the Q&A specifically and circle the questions back uh, to our, our members uh, the answers there's one that's specifically going to be around support for people with disabilities and I think there's one about COVID and plasma I read it very briefly I don't want to undermine the question um, but I, at this point uh, thank you both uh, very much for um, your participation I'm going to turn it over actually to our next uh, moderator uh, daniel and Mr. Espino over to you Dan
1: it's all yours buddy thank you so much for the commissioners. Uh, hello again so uh, of course, in the spirit, uh, everything is going through the lens of COVID, but a lot of the issues will come back. So with businesses shutters and and office buildings lying uh, vacant, commuting has, has drastically reduced. Um, and so too has traffic, but as things return to normal, that traffic is going to return and our streets and our highways are gonna to return to the congestion state that they were before COVID. The next mayor is gonna have the opportunity to to begin full implementation of some of the phases of the strategic Miami area rapid transit plan, commonly known as a Smart Plan, so, and that's going to have some challenges. So, will you will you make that a priority for your administration? And what steps will you bring traffic relief to those busy transit corridors that Miami-Dade County has? And that is Felipe. Uh, who was the last one to set off? That was I think it's Commissioner Bobo. Goes now.
0: Yes, yes, Commissioner Bobo goes now. Yes, first, yes. Yeah
4: and danny i had um i, I think i said there might be another forum they they all kind of bleed to each other at this point i i said that before COVID 19 i would hope that the conversations that we were having were about transit and housing and environmental issues which i think were the three most important issues uh that stood out you know as a commissioner i've worked extensively on the area of uh of transportation i've uh Not only created other sources of funding mechanisms that are not tax raisers, that uses funds from natural growth and tax uh, increase, uh, tax value increase uh, to be invested into transit because it's extremely important to understand that transit is expensive. It is not a cheap proposition. In order for us to be able to fulfill the visions of having transit to all our quarters, transit to take you where you want to go is gonna require an investment. In some cases, federal money. In some cases, it'll take public-private partnerships. It's important to lead on this issue. And I've led on this issue. And I've supported the effort to make sure that we get uh, rail down south by doing BRT first, the building block, the foundation that we need in order to get to where we want to. The stations that now are going to be built that are going to allow at grade or level platforms on a train-like system that'll hopefully get us to where we want to go to with the density needed, the requirements needed that we could get the federal help for that. Going to the north, you know, we wanna make sure that we have some sort of system that goes into our stadium. It makes no no sense at all not to have it, but understanding Danny, every mile is 100 to $120 million a mile of elevated construction if we wanted to do Metro Rail. We have to have a, a transparent conversation with folks in our community, Uber and Lyft Are a reality in our community because I brought the legislation forward. 30,000 jobs created from Uber and Lyft alone, as well as alternative and transportation. My opponent voted against it. She didn't like the idea of Uber and Lyft being here, so she voted against it. 30,000 jobs would have been left on the table. That's her economic stimulus plan in the future. You know, we need to lead on this issue, not just vote no every time a project comes because it, it looks too costly or it's not the perfect project, we need to lead on this issue and I've done so since I've been on the Board of County Commission.
1: Thank you Commissioner. Commissioner lenin
5: So the only answer to traffic is world-class transit. Uh, we need to have our choice riders, people who have a choice to get out of their cars. So I ride Metro Rail from Dadeland downtown because that's preferable to sitting in the traffic that I see below me on US-1. Uh, we don't have corridors like that throughout. Most people rely on buses and our buses are woefully inadequate. Plus you have to wait in the rain or the sun uh, to catch those buses, which may not arrive on time and are scheduled at big uh, gaps between them. So uh, we have to do both. Look at the transit dependent and the the choice riders. The six corridors are moving forward, albeit slowly. Uh, The South Dade corridor was promised rail, just like other corridors were promised rail. But not only that, the study, which I was intimately involved with and participated in, would have supported a uh, at least incremental rail uh, to the Cutler Bay area, and it was not allowed to even be considered at that level. It was rushed, and uh, so we're getting BRT, which I voted against, but which will be better than the current system and will move more people. The stations are being designed to be convertible to rail, but my opponent put in, in, in a very unrealistic Um, threshold of ridership before we would even consider converting to real. So we have to be uh, diligent and uh, we have to be carefully monitoring the situation to move forward. Uh, In addition, we have added the 836 uh, striped uh, bus lane. That was MDX funded and that was muscling MDX to get it done. uh, And and that is an improvement, Uh, but North is, is now coming in the bids, obviously we have Northeast, we have the beach, but uh, last mile and buses are critically, critically important. So uh, we've got a better bus project that was put together as a public-private partnership with the Transit Alliance. It was a, It is a great plan, but because of COVID, it was upturned. And I'm asking, actually, uh, Mr. Bova, who chairs the Transportation Committee, to put it on as a discussion item at the next committee meeting, because it's really critical that we move forward and understand how we can have more frequent service on those routes that are uh, the most uh, utilized as far as Uber and Lyft I ride Uber I ride Lyft I don't have anything against the company except when they come into town and claim that they have no uh, uh, there's no authority of the county to regulate them and they operate without any uh, oversight and the bill that came forward really gave them a pass so here they are they're now following the rules and of course uh, along with the taxi industry uh, very valuable
1: Thank you. thank you, thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Bobo, can I rebut?
4: Yeah, the legislation on Uber and Lyft legalized them. That's what they did, and helped us bridge that first and last mile. But it wasn't—it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't um, I don't know, uh, to her liking. the The point is that thirty thousand jobs would have not been created if she would have led on this issue. You know, it's important to understand that the issues in our county are going to be, you know, we've planned and it has nothing to do with her or me because we weren't here around, or we weren't doing these things. But 30, 40 years ago, the way they planned our county have condemned us to have to make very, very difficult decisions and costly decisions in many instances. And in order for us to be able to achieve that world-class transportation that we want to, it's going to be expensive. I don't make the rules as far as federal money is concerned, They make it. I don't make it. They're the ones that set the threshold on how many riders because you're competing, by the way, with other people all over the all over the nation. So in order for us to be able to get to where we want to get to, like I said, federal help in some places, public public private partnerships in other areas. We funded ourselves in other areas. It's going to have to take a mixture and understand that transit may look different in different places depending on the mode, the right of way. I think it's gonna get done. And to answer your original question, yes, as mayor, I make transit a number one priority.
5: May I respond? I have a couple of points. I wanna say about Uber and Lyft, the problem was that we had information that children were riding unaccompanied with adults in these vehicles, even though that wasn't official policy. And there was a, a, a place, I think it was San Antonio that had done Uh, or maybe Austin that had done background checks and made it part of it. And this was not included in the legislation. Children are riding with people that we have absolutely no information about uh, uh, their background and that was a concern. Also for the, uh, you were gonna talk about disability riders, uh, there was an inadequate attention to making sure that we had uh, the ability to, for those who need a wheelchair accessibility, that that was not covered in the legislation either. So those were things that were watered down and were the reasons that I was concerned about the legislation.
4: Okay. So we, but I think that's very, very good because maybe you didn't pay attention to the debate at that time. The reason that they didn't address the disabilities is because Commissioner Sosa at that time wanted to make sure that it didn't encroach into STS, which provides a lot of that service. That's one of the reasons. And we did have a background check baked into it. We, in fact, we had hours of testimony and conversation on it, and it was adequately addressed. That's why the majority of the board supported it. That's why we've had thirty thousand jobs. That's why you can use today Uber and Lyft. Well, I disagree we, with we'll, the outcome. Thank you.
1: We'll take. We'll take I'm going to to, to jump off them for a moment. We've talked about housing and we've talked about transportation, but we know these these issues are are, are linked and Inextricably, we, we know that. Transit corridors work best when there's density. We know that uh, we need to get people to where they live, to where they work. And so what what funding solutions, what zoning solutions are you gonna bring forward in order to alleviate the tensions in those corridors and so far as housing recognizing that beginning at the next year, that pipeline of evictions and foreclosures is going to start to burst and the pressing need will be more pressing than ever. Commissioner Kalininkala.
5: Okay, so how are we going to um, what what funding sources, uh, what
1: funding sources, and what zoning policies are you going to try and marry in order to bring traffic and housing together?
5: Well, we have upzoned along the corridors. Um, I was concerned that it should not be uniform up and down the corridor. There are places that are still um, with agriculture and single-family homes in close proximity to the corridors. So there has to be some kind of a feathering, it's called, where you have a gradation. But, uh, you know, that is that is baked in uh, and that money also to go to the corridor and development of transit. Um, you know, we're we're hoping that that'll be a source of revenue that will help us pay for transit. Uh, but, you know, the most important thing about the transit that's being developed is the price point, for example, the uh, Aventura Brightline Station that I did vote against was because it was a giveaway to a company that had paid for that similar infrastructure in other communities. We were buying it wholesale without any kind of guarantee uh, that the price would be at a reasonable price point or that it would even be true commuter rail. At that time, we weren't looking at local stations. Brightline changed its business model since then. And it was a $20 round trip ticket uh, that was really not gonna help very many many people coming straight from Aventura. So, um, you know, and and now we know that there's a dispute between Brightline and FECR that uh, owns the rights to control the the traffic on that corridor. So we don't know exactly what the timeline is going to be and what the price point is. So as we're coming up with these proposals, we have to make sure that it's something that will be truly conducive to getting people uh, who need to use the transit, something they can afford, uh, as well as uh, having a formula that will include federal dollars, state dollars, uh, our local uh, uh, transit uh, dollars and uh, this this uh, additional revenue that has been uh, designed.
4: Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Bobo? Yeah, Danny, you know, a lot of legislation she's talking about is my legislation that uh, helped create a lot of these funding mechanisms. As what well, we found out very early on that the half penny was just not gonna be enough. Um, you know, there was so much promise of transit to so many different areas. And I, and I believe strongly that uh, the residents of Miami-Dade County were misled, misled on what could be done and how much could be done. And it was clear that we needed more money and we could not go back to the taxpayer and ask them for more money because quite honestly, it would have been an insult to them after nothing had been accomplished. So this legislation that I created, created this opportunity for us to intensify the activity around where stations are, and keep on these get on, get off points. You know, Dayland uh, is a perfect example of what can materialize. East of, I'm sorry, west of the, um, the Metro Station, you have an entire TOD that has sprouted up, which brings uh, living, uh, you know, shopping, restaurants, the true, you know, live workplace scenario has worked itself there. You know, the development of the future in collaboration with these uh, corridors, I think will also afford us and and this is you know perhaps for many you know kind of crazy talk, but you could look at parking requirements and start diminishing parking requirements because the person that lives on a corridor that could by foot walk onto a bus or a train would literally uh, remove the car from their equation. Now you know you and I didn't grow up that way, but uh, you know that's a reality for a lot of folks to make a decision on whether they want to uh, you know own a car or not. And, uh, you know, if you're in with Chester, that's not an option or in Kendall, but along these t- transit corridors, this could be a real option. And I think we need to continue to work toward that end. You know, in these these stations that are developed, I think gives us an opportunity. Uh, this is where a public private partnership could come into fruition. You know, for a developer, the station is valuable to them. Absolutely. And for us these stations are valuable because it gives a safe area for people to get on and get off the the, the trains. You know, right now, and it's changed a lot, but still in many instances, if you ride Metrorail and you get off the station at night, you're walking into a dark area, you know, that's unsafe in many regards. And if we could change that dynamic, if you could get on and get off where there's activity going on, I think it promotes more usage. It's what's happened all over the world, quite honestly where when you get off the system, you're into a hub of activity that not only uh, promotes the gateway of your transit, but now also promotes a very safe environment for people to use it. May I? Yeah.
5: I'd like to bring up another matter, which is bicycles. So mobility options now, obviously more so than before, people realizing the benefits of bicycling, you can't even get a bicycle uh, because they're in such hot demand. Uh, And uh, I have actually the first protected bike lane that was built in the county uh, with county dollars in Cutler Bay's urban center. And I had to work really hard to cut through the red tape as a county commissioner uh, with dedicated funding that we had from a grant to get that uh, facility built. So uh, we need to continue to change the parking um, requirements that reduces the cost. Uh, make sure that it incentivizes people to come up with the other options to utilize transit and uh, the bicycle facilities. We're going to have the underline, the Ludlam Trail, uh, other key trails, but if you cannot get there safely and just on a personal note, uh, my husband was bicycle uh, uh, commuting and was knocked off his bike by a car, broke his arm, broke the bike. And as a result of that, we, we came up with a strategy to work with our police to better train about the roles and responsibilities of all of the people on the road and uh, hopefully to improve uh, safety as well, which is obviously we're, we're we do very poorly in Miami-Dade County for bicycle and pedestrian safety and we need to address that.
3: I, I wanna be an equal opportunity interrupter and I'm just curious if either one of you know of municipalities that are models in transportation that, that, that you've seen. I mean, are there any other cities that, that, that Miami should be looking, that Miami County should be looking at?
5: Well, I hesitate to talk about other cities, but I think in this case, we can definitely look to some other models. Um, my daughter commutes by bicycle in Washington, D.C., and they've added a lot of bicycle mobility, as well as the buses have more capacity for, for bikes because that's a combination uh, sort of a thing. Denver, uh, and I know that there was a trip to Denver. Denver has a very excellent uh, bicycle mobility options. And um, even in Boston, you know, they're using and I talked recently to one of our transportation planners, you can utilize cones. You don't have to always just build expensive infrastructure to create uh, some demarcation. Um, Carl Gables has a great trolley system. I'll just put that out there and Homestead uh, as well. And many of the other municipalities have those circulators that really contribute.
3: I think that we did we lose Commissioner
1: Bobo. We just did. We want to give him a moment to. Because
0: we don't have 5G. But I'm
3: fine. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, so so that we could take care of some housekeeping. So you're done with your three questions, or do you have one? I've got one more. Perfect. Okay, good. I I don't want to get too. Go ahead, Commissioner.
5: Well, I just wanted to make the note that one of the really novel things that uh, is happening with um, these transportation modes is that in Homestead, they use their circulator to connect the two national parks. We're the only county in the country with two national parks, Everglades and Biscayne National, and their trolley uh, has been used as an economic development tool to promote uh, tourism and visiting the parks.
1: Thanks, Commissioner. Thank I, believe, uh, I believe I uh, believe Commissioner Bow was coming back on, so let's give him a moment, uh, you know, Let's keep things fair. Not it's the Commissioner Levine Coppa show for a few minutes.
0: You are you are you are good on time, uh, uh, Mr. Espino. So and we I, I think uh, you're going to turn He's going to turn it back to me for another follow up, and then you're going to wrap us up, right?
3: Okay. Yeah, and then we'll let, we'll let each commissioner wrap up with closing remarks after that. That's correct. Got it. And I'm expecting a lot of stuff after the call from interrupting both
0: of you guys, right? Or can we just consider it done right now, please? Well, no, because there's people listening to this. We've had over 80 participants, and I can't speak my mind the way I would like to do it in private.
1: We'll save it. We'll save it for the next board meeting.
0: There you go. <laughs> Off the record. Exactly. Rolly, you're amazing. You're a wonderful chair, sir. There he is. Better, better than I'll ever be or ever was. Welcome back, Commissioner
1: Bobo. Uh, so, sorry, our, guys. Our, 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 it, right.
4: like the, it seems like the hamster fell out of the, uh, the treadmill and we had to capture it, but we got it back on there, so I think we're okay.
1: Okay, okay. last question for me, commissioners. I don't have to tell you that, that for more than 60 years, Miami-Dade County has has been uh, the recipient and benefactor of, of waves and waves of immigration uh, from Latin American, Hispanic immigration to more recently, more diverse immigration. Um, and Miami has been a place where families can pick themselves up and live out the American dream, uh, exploiting their hard work and 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 the opportunities available. Um, for a lot of people, that's becoming an increasing challenge. And upward mobility is is becoming a challenge, whether you're trying to buy your own home or trying to open your own business. So, to wrap up, what is your vision for the county's government and economy for the next 10 to 20 years? And and what part of that vision? Uh, Focuses on preserving Miami-Dade County as a place where we have that upward mobility for the next generations to come. And uh, we'll start with Commissioner Bobo.
4: Yeah, look, absolutely, and Miami-Dade County is a a great example of those that come to this country legally, what they could achieve. And uh, you know, it should be noted that Miami-Dade County has been the benefactor of chaos of other places. It's not a model for development and i don't propose it as a model for development but it's the reality so whether you're from nicaragua colombia haiti cuba venezuela you know chaos in those places miami-dade county has been the benefactor of it and we've seen you know uh, one of the beauties of, of south florida danny is that we're we're very diverse but we're not divided i don't think we're divided at all actually if you talk to people in homestead they want the same things that people in Westchester want. And, uh, you know, the same narrative is repeated in Liberty City as well as in Aventura. You know, just people want opportunity. They want to have a level playing field. Um, they don't want government running their lives. What they want is just a government to level the playing field so that they can compete. And I think that's something that we all want. We want our kids to all uh, be able to prosper. We want to create a situation for our kids to be able to prosper in this community. You know, a lot of what we've talked about today is Investments that need to be done so that many of our children stay here, whether it's investment in cultural activity, whether it's in, in infrastructure, whether it's in proper housing. you don't know, want generations of folks to not for other places to find their, their fame and their fortune. You know, show me a community where their children are leaving to go elsewhere, and I'll show you a community that doesn't have a future. And I would tell you, these are the things that we need to make sure that we protect. And I know it well, you know, I'm from this community. I've been raised in this community. You know, I rode my bike in a lot of the neighborhoods that, that I now go and knock on doors. And I know it well, I know this community well. I know exactly what's in their DNA, what they want. And, uh, you know, as mayor, I'm gonna make sure I protect that. I'm gonna protect that at all costs. Cause I know that there are residents across our county that the most important investment they've made in their lives is their home. That is where they've laid everything. They've laid everything on the line in that home. And as government, we're obligated to protect that investment. We can't do it if we're spending money in areas where that taxpayer doesn't feel that we're serving their need, their quality of life. It's what I base my campaign on from day one. And those that have heard me speak in every forum, I say the same thing. You know, we need to be able to make sure government fulfills the mission it was created and live within the means that the residents that pay for it can afford. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Lenin Kaba.
5: So I I have spent a career making sure that communities have access to opportunity to achieve the American dream. And the reason this community is the best community on the planet is because we have such incredible diversity, people coming from everywhere, and the people who lived here uh, generations, both who have uh, invested in a better future. People are filled with hope for a better future in this community. And that dynamism drives us forward. It makes us the entrepreneurial place that we are. It makes us the uh, cultural icon uh, that we are. It draws people to visit and increasingly to live here because we are unique. We are not cookie cutter. Uh, I celebrate and lift up the incredible number of transplants to this community. Uh, they obviously have invested their their futures, their livelihoods and have made uh, better futures for themselves and their their families. so so many have achieved the American dream right here and still coming uh, with that hope in mind. So I am very excited about this topic because I think that's what sets us apart from other places. I think that we we need to really play it up. It's not just the sun and the fun and the beach, uh, the national parks, which happen to be part of what i like the most but it's the fact that you can go from neighborhood to neighborhood and learn about the cultures learn about the history the food the music uh, the art and our convention and visitors bureau embraces all of that the marketing for this place is very much about the cultural diversity but i think it's not only a draw for people outside of our community we're not doing enough right here to celebrate and learn from each other and i think we coexist here but I think we could do a whole lot more to actually uh, celebrate and include each other. So I think that's what's going to make us uh, a, a dynamic place going into the future, will set us apart, uh, restore our, our tourism. You know, we, We're gonna have to put the reset button here, rebrand. But, um, but again, at the end of the day, economic opportunity is what has made this community so great for so many. And that has been my life's work not just economically, but now environmentally. So let's just say that's our greatest opportunity. One of our greatest threats is what's happening with the environment, climate change, sea level rise. And I am the only candidate who has seriously dedicated myself to the proposition of making sure that we do everything in our power to be sustainable, to be resilient, to protect our waters, uh, to protect our air uh, and protect our open spaces. And that is a critical part of our future as well.
1: Thank you, commissioners uh, for answering my questions and uh, I'll leave it back to you.
0: Uh, thank you. Very sure. I'll take it back from here and then I'll pass it back over to uh, our chair. So um, thank you again, both and, and commissioner Levine Cobb. I'm actually going to come to you and it's, you're, you're on the same subject of what I wanted to address and it has to do with our environment. So um, I'm glad that you're all for that, but how many municipalities is it is it again? Because Miami-Dade County, you are not the czar and you are not in charge of every municipality and they will not allow you to do everything that you want to do. So with that said, uh, we've got Biscayne Bay, we've got parks, we've got Everglades. Talk to us about the environment and what is your plan in order to work on sustainability efforts in Miami-Dade County? i partnering with uh, all 34 municipalities. Yes,
5: thanks, Felipe. So let me go back to the fact that collaboration is my middle name and in my district, I've worked very closely, not only with the three cities, but the North and the South, Pinecrest of Florida City to work from for six years to uh, solve problems together, work together collaboratively, to bring together an economic development plan and so on. And that's what I've done in my whole career is build coalitions to solve problems and for sure, 34 cities have not enjoyed a strong working relationship with the county and that was revealed uh so sorrowfully around this covid situation because the county was treating the cities as stepchildren in this uh this matter an afterthought instead of being at the table to solve the problems that is not how i would do it just as I've done in the South, I will do county-wise. I will push the reset button on relations with the cities. And again, I chair the South Florida Regional Planning Council exactly for that reason, so that our counties can collaborate. So, you know, that is exactly what I bring to the table. As to the specifics, we need to be, as a county, the, um, the visionary. We need to be the regional planning uh, uh, hub. We have resources that the cities do not have to um, understand uh, what's coming down the the, the road. When we did the 100 Resilient City Initiative with the Rockefeller Foundation, which I uh, worked to persuade the mayor to be part of, I have to say, and that was a a partnership of the city of Miami Beach, the city of Miami and the county. And of course, many of the municipalities got on board. But the point is that the county has a unique role. And I use the example of post-Hurricane Andrew. The county stepped up and said, okay, we need to redo our building code. How are we gonna build back stronger? And the cities, you know, they 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 look to the county as a leader. But right now, the cities have been doing a lot of innovation. We cannot just dictate to them. They have to be part of the conversation, the solutions. And they need to work together too. So every year in Tallahassee, the cities go up with their special water projects. They don't collaborate necessarily city to city. The county is often behind not even getting the water projects that we need. And that is ridiculous. As we move to convert septic to sewer, we need to have a county-wide strategy. We need to work strategically. What are the areas of greatest peril to our bay, to our, uh, to our beaches, not each one for their own? So that is how I will lead to get us through uh, dealing with the pollution issues, dealing with the uh, resilience issues, the building issues, to to bring people together for a common vision and plans that will benefit all of us.
0: Thank you so much, Commissioner Bobo.
4: Yeah, so I've been a city guy, served in the City Council of Hialeah for, for 10 years and very well acquainted with the battles between uh, the city and county. In fact, uh, a lot of the work I did as a commissioner, constituent-style work for the as a commissioner, was to run interference for both the uh, city of Miami Lakes and uh, and Hialeah, and uh, to make sure that you know road projects were being done in my community, making sure that the funding that they needed um, in in our community was being done. Because in many cases, you know, the county if left unchecked. Uh, you know, it was one of the first money we were receiving, many of my colleagues went on a spending spree, not taking into account that cities needed help. It was only, in fact, I made a motion to stop all spending. I couldn't get a second on it. And it took commissioner Moss to do it. Then I guess it became partisan. I'm not really sure uh, because I was running for mayor. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a good thing to do. I'm not sure, but anyways, the reality is that you know, we needed to stop the spending so that we could collaborate with the cities because they were providing a lot of service. Now, now is that when we're doing it? And I think a lot of the, the cities are gonna get the short end of, of that. Uh, they're not gonna get the lion's share of the money that they should have gotten that could have been very supportive. You know, as, as mayor, I've said, the first thing I'm going to do is sit down with the mayors of all 34 municipality and administrators. We're gonna collaborate because as we move forward, particularly on COVID-19 recovery, we're gonna to have to collaborate. We're gonna to have to work together. We got to be on the same page. You know, when we're when we deal with issues of septic tanks, understanding that there's a lot of cities that the, the septic tank problem is is even bigger than in most places. So then we're gonna to have to collaborate with those cities on how do we work with residents to get off septic tank, get on sewer. And it's gonna need a it's gonna need a dialogue between mayor and administrators, mayor and mayor in order to get it done. So I'm not very well acquainted with the city functions, the limited sources of money that city has. By the way, by the way, the reason a lot of these areas have incorporated and became cities to begin with is because they wanted better service that they weren't getting from their county. You know that's why Miami Gardens incorporates. That's why Doral does it. Pinecrest does it. That's why Miami Lakes ended up doing it. And it wasn't for social services. They did it because they needed better. Quality service, more police, more fire, more garbage pickup, code enforcement. So it's to me, it's fundamental. This collaboration, this conversation that goes on in our community, uh, and it has to be able to be bridged between its leaders. You know, having uh, this dialogue. What happened during COVID, where there seemed to be a lot of confusion. Well, the only people that paid the price for that was the residents of Miami Dade County, not the elected officials.
0: Thank you, thank you both. Um, We'll leave it at that. Personally, I do want to share, I've I've had the pleasure of knowing both of you for for many years and uh, we are fortunate to have two great candidates running for mayor to make Miami-Dade a better county. Good luck to both of you and over to Roland Sanchez-Lee. Thank you, Felipe.
3: Thank thank you, Felipe. Real quick, this um, just one minute response to the one question from Lily DeMoya. Um, There's an 80% unemployment rate for individuals with developmental disabilities. Do you have a plan to try to have those people employed? Uh, Commissioner Bobo, please.
4: Yeah. Look, I I've uh, collaborated a lot with the disabilities community in, in our in Miami-Dade County, the autism community. You know, not only have participated and supported their efforts, have uh, invested money to to support their effort. You know, what we have found is that that challenge is not a disability; it's just a unique way of doing things that we could help them and i think there are a lot of examples in our community uh non for profit world that has worked extensively in this area and i have supported and i think as mayor i think this is a good area that we should be investing money and in supporting and making sure that they get an avenue in order to uh to show their skills i know that that the one wish of a parent that has a child that has some sort of disability is that they could be functional and if we could help them to get to that functionality, absolutely. And I would use the mayor's uh, position as a as a bully pulpit to not only raise money uh, for for these causes, but also be an advocate in Washington DC and the state capital uh, to be able to get the support that they need. Thank you, Commissioner Living kahla
2: Yeah,
5: this is a real gap uh, that we have in our safety net. Uh, we have programming for uh, these people uh, during all the way through age 21. Uh, School could be extended, but after that, and parents are in despair, so often what they can do. You know, I want to lift up some of the local employers that really go above and beyond to hire people, uh, Publix, uh, Baptist, and I'm sure there are others, but definitely they're doing a great job, and, and, you know, thank you. Uh, We're also blessed to have a new program uh, that is in Commissioner Soto's district, Casa Familia. It's going to be constructed. It'll be a residential facility. And of course it'll have wraparound services, but you know, that'll be great, but it's not, it's not going to meet the need. It's going to be small relative to the need. Greg Bush, a friend of mine uh, has an adult uh, child that, uh, well, an, uh, an adult son, and he created a program called nature links. And he worked with the parks and different entities to try to get uh, more employment opportunities. And and really it was very, very difficult. So I think, uh, And I work with NAMI, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill. Uh, They have a great program, the Key Clubhouse, which I was a part of as well uh, for those with uh, mental illness. And it does a great job also placing people for jobs. So I think we have to lift up all of these examples and we need to find ways to make sure that we enhance them and expand them. Uh, It's so hard to find out information in Miami-Dade County about programs like these. And that is part of what, as a social worker, and by the way, thank you to my uh, opponent for acknowledging that if you want a social worker, I'd be a good mayor. Uh, So I heard that earlier (laughs) in the conversation because these programs need to be coordinated so that we can really take care of all of our residents. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Commissioner Levincala. Um We have about five minutes left. Can you, uh, can, can you give your closing remarks? Give about two and a half minutes, and then Commissioner Bobo. And uh, let it not be unsaid, as Felipe said, um, we're, we're thank you for your public service. It, we're, we're very lucky to have you both um, in this endeavor. Thank
5: you. So. Okay. So you want me to go first?
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right because you started that's true yeah so commissioner Bob i think you should start let her finish
4: not a problem guys again i want to thank you for this opportunity commissioner Cobb and i have been now I don't know in multiple uh forums since the uh since the beginning of this election and i do appreciate the dialogue uh, i do appreciate the conversation in in our community and i hope, I hope our hope our participation elevates uh the level of discussion in our community. You know, we're at a crossroads. We're clearly at a crossroads in Miami-Dade County. And and this decision, like every election has its consequences. Every election is important, no doubt about it. And I really believe it has nothing to do with, with me or her. It does have everything to do with the residents of Miami-Dade County. And where do they wanna see their county go? You know, how do we recover uh, from this pandemic? How do we get our businesses back open? How do we get back to January where we're literally at 1% unemployment in our community? and and who's gonna be able to best guide that economic recovery, and who's gonna be able to make sure that they protect the taxpayer as we move through this. You know, when the tail end of COVID comes through and the economic ravage it's going to do to uh, our budgets, you know, it's going to take a steady hand to be able to work to make sure that we're not raising taxes. It's gonna take a steady hand to make sure that we're investing in the services that the residents of Miami-Dade County fully expect. You know, we need to be accountable to that taxpayer at the same time, I also want to say that, you know, during this period of time that I've been the, the uh, commissioner, you now I've gained this uh, unbelievable respect for the public servants that we have, the daily public servants, those public employees of our county, the ones that have helped during hurricanes, shelters before and after, during this pandemic, during Zika, you know, our county employees go beyond uh, the call of duty in many, many instances. I have profound respect for all of them. I wanna be the leader of this county so that we make sure that everybody in this county uh, has a has a voice. Everybody in this county feels that they've had a level playing field. I don't want government to be tilted one way or another. And as your mayor, I commit not only to do that, that'll be my solemn oath as the mayor of Miami-Dade County. And again, thank all of you for this opportunity. God bless and stay safe, okay?
5: Thank you, Commissioner bova Commissioner Levin-Caba, you get the last word thank you so much. Well, this election poses clear questions for the residents of miami-dade county about who we are as a community and who we wish to become. And in the 40 years where i have well i have served and called miami-dade county home, I've come to know the spirit of our people. We are resilient, we're kind, and we are resolute. 2020 is our opportunity to elect a mayor who can, who appreciates these characteristics and who also will make the concerted effort that we need to invest in the people and unlock our full potential. I have always believed that growth begins from the ground up and that investments in the previously forgotten corners of our community will create the rising tide that will truly lift all of our boats. It's not enough for public officials to merely pay lip service to these beliefs. So you deserve as a mayor, someone with a clear set of plans, someone who will make them a reality and plans to ensure that our community uh, will reflect these values that we live by. So my vision for our future is very clear. Greater access to capital for small businesses, investments in green energy and infrastructure, uprooting the longstanding racial uh, and ethnic inequalities that have been apparent uh, in County Hall, a greater coordination with our state delegation so that we can ensure that Florida uh, makes sure we get the contributions that we deserve here and that we do not take our people for granted. Uh, and these are the initiatives, the same ones that I have fought for my entire life. I have the record to prove it. So as county commissioner, I have championed the creation of $50 million first time homebuyer loan program right here in Miami Dade County without raising taxes by one penny. I created a small business accelerator program that's given businesses in my district unparalleled access to the kinds of resources that they need to grow their companies create more jobs. And as your mayor. I promise to scale it and make it county-wide. And I'll also prioritize the health of our environment because I understand that it is inextricably tied to the health of our economy. We can create good paying jobs by championing clean energy infrastructure development as well. So I'll make sure that the benefits of those jobs stay here and we'll do it by strengthening our local hiring mandates so that businesses like yours can compete for those opportunities. What I offer is a departure from the status quo. I offer you clear-eyed leadership and bold solutions. I offer unity, cooperation, collaboration. And if if you believe that everything is going so great right now and that there isn't anything Miami-Dade County should try to do better, then I'm not your candidate. So if you want a mayor who will lead with conviction to meet the challenges we face, then I believe I am the candidate for you. And so despite the many challenges we face, I am incredibly optimistic about the future because of people like you that are working so hard every day to bring about the changes that we need. And I hope I have earned your vote. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you very
3: much. And I'm gonna let Lily actually get the last word, but I, I will say that how lucky we are to have two pictures of Lily for the panelists to enjoy, not just one, but two. We're very lucky. <laughs>
2: Go ahead, Lily. Oh, thank you. Here's the, the penny, the penny that I have to flip. Anyway, thank you so very much. Who wants a colada? We need a cafecito at this time, right? I know. Had this not been virtual, we would be having a colada right now. I need it, but thank you so very much, Commissioner Daniela Levinkawa, Commissioner Esteban Bobo Jr. for giving us your time, your very valuable time to be with us today. I wanna thank our chairman of the board, Roland Sanchez Medina, my past chair, Felipe Basulto, Dan Espino, For the great job that you all did and the time you took away from your very very busy schedules to do this today and i know it was very beneficial there's a lot of questions i learned today because i'm not very techie and i learned how to copy and paste a question and then we'll send it over Uh, that's one of my handicaps but i I can do the talking so i just want to make you and oh thank AT&T AT&T thank you so much for being the presenting sponsor of this event just quick announcement we have our fashionably pink breast cancer awareness lunch next friday at the Biltmore, it is live. As you know, we have transitioned. We're doing virtual, we're doing live. And the last live event we did was four weeks ago. Nobody got sick. We're very happy We're social distancing, wearing our masks. But I do think that we need to be uh, out there again and help our economy. So that's next Friday. And then we have our Sunshine Awards coming up on November. Then the Women in Partner Embracing Women Awards. Then time for the holidays and Going to be very busy and doing more webinars and trying to please everybody all of our members those who want the virtual and those who want the live event and don't forget also to tune in to my show a business minute with lily lopez love you all thank you thank you, you very time. much thank you commissioner
1: sir. thank you so thank much
2: you all. thank you we value your time bye